Good to see you this morning. My name's Al. I'm one of the leaders here, if you don't know me. And uh, we're continuing our series about being amazed by Jesus. Um, We're looking at various encounters people had with Jesus, recorded in Luke's Gospel. Just by the way, uh, Luke's Gospel, it's not a collection of fairy stories about Jesus. Right at the start of Luke's Gospel, he says in chapter 1, that he, he wanted to put together a carefully investigated account of Jesus' life and teaching with information passed on to him by eyewitnesses, he calls them, people who saw and met a new Jesus and experienced how amazing he was. Uh, so as Christians, because Jesus is uh, still alive today, he's in heaven, uh, we can know him today, And uh, as Christians, we need to constantly be reminded how amazing Jesus is as we try to live life guided by him, empowered by him, loving other people like Jesus did, recommending him to others, the new life that he brings. If you're here this morning uh, or you're listening online, you're not a Christian, you're so welcome. Um, This is a great series for you. And I do hope that uh, this helps you see just how great, amazing Jesus is, what he offers and he wants you to know the, the new life, the hope that he came to bring. Well, uh, if you missed any of the talks in the series, you can catch up on our website, on the podcast. Um, or we can make you a CD even if, if you're not into computers. But uh, last week, we were hearing about how Jesus did a couple of incredible healings. Um, there was a man with a severe skin disease, another one who was paralyzed. But there was an even more amazing miracle that happened when Jesus forgave someone from the wrong that they've done that separated them from God and brought someone into relationship with God. Well, today we are looking at two more amazing encounters with Jesus and we'll see how they show us that Jesus has the power over even death and he promises life beyond death. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 7 verses 1 to 17. The words should come up on the screen. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, who his master valued highly, was ill and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servants. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, um, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. 
As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying on, him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Well, let me just pray and ask for God's help as we uh, try to understand these words. Lord God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your amazing son, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, teach us more about him this morning. Open our eyes to see how great he is and uh, what that means for us today. Amen. Well, the first thing we see here, three things I just want to look at. First thing we see is the pain of death. The pain of death. So in the first encounter in Capernaum, there was this important Roman soldier. He was a centurion. Some of you know they, they were in charge, used to be in charge of a hundred men in the Roman army, you know, something like a, a captain in the British army today. And these were tough guys. But this one was panicking because his servant was ill and about to die. And he'd obviously heard about Jesus' reputation. As a healer, Luke has already told us that Jesus has been to this place, Capernaum, before. He's done amazing things. So this centurion, he, he sends some important men of the town, the Jewish elders. Um, and Luke says that they pleaded earnestly for Jesus to come and heal this servant who was about to die. And, and death strikes fear into the heart of even the toughest people, doesn't it? But, you know, for all this Roman centurion's importance and power, we hear reference made to his money. That, that he, he built the Jewish synagogue in the town. And yet importance and power and money, it doesn't stop the, the, the fear of death, the pain that death brings. None of it can make this servant well. So he reaches out to Jesus. I've got some uh, tickets uh, for the new James Bond film, it's called No Time to Die. I don't know why it's called that. Maybe when I go and see it, it will become clear. But th- th- there is no good time to die, is there? Th- th- there is no good time. There's certainly no good time for those who are left behind, those who are saddened, those who feel the pain of separation from loved ones. Of course, there's great hope, and we're going to be looking at that for those who die trusting in Jesus But in this second encounter, things have gone beyond death. Jesus goes to this town called Nain, and Jesus comes to a funeral procession, and they're taking this dead person outside the town to bury them. And the tragedy also is that this is a young man. He's the uh, the only son of a widow. So she's already had her husband die, and now her son's dead. And aside from the the pain of losing her son in that culture, it would mean that she was on her own. Certainly on her own from the the normal means of support, normal means of family financial support. And she's crying. Death brings pain and sadness and separation from 
loved ones. And it, it doesn't seem right. Just, um, just early this week, in fact, um, a friend of mine died suddenly. Um, it's a lady I've been visiting as part of our King's Friends befriending scheme. Um, we've become friends. I, I really liked her and used to enjoy our visits. Um, she was an older person. She had many health problems. But it was a surprise. It was a shock. It's been a big surprise, shock to the whole family. And, uh, you know, even, even when it's kind of half expected, and of course, none of us think we're going to live on forever, it doesn't take away the shock, the pain, especially for close family. And in the Gospels, we see Jesus move with compassion uh, when people are suffering this pain of death, this pain of bereavement. Uh, Luke says about this widow that Jesus' heart went out to her. Another occasion, John, John's Gospel, chapter 11, at the death of Jesus' friend Lazarus. And he's a kind of family friend. We, we read of Jesus weeping with those who weep, weeping with the relatives. And, and actually, it says that he was outraged by the pain that death causes. Jesus knows that this is not the way things are meant to be in God's world. This is not the way that God made things in the first place. This is not the way things will end up in the end when God puts everything right. But maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here as someone who has experienced the pain of death. And it's still very real to you. Maybe it was recent. Maybe it was a long time ago. Jesus' heart goes out to you. The Bible says, Psalm 34, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. But Jesus does more than that. And in these encounters in Luke, we also see Jesus' power over death. Jesus' power over death. We've got the centurion's servant who's about to die. Jesus responds to this desperate request to come and heal him. But then something very unusual happens, even, even for the Gospels. The centurion sends this message to Jesus while Jesus is still on the way, saying, actually, Jesus, I don't deserve for you to come into my house. I'm, I'm not worthy, but just say the word. Say the word from like right where you are, and I believe my servant will be healed. He, he likens it to him having authority to speak to the Roman soldiers who work for him and carry out his orders. And so he believes that Jesus can speak over sickness and it will, it will go. It will do what he says, even though Jesus is not physically present with the person who's ill. Jesus has the power and authority over death. This man is really commended for his faith. He's an example to us in Luke's gospel of the, the kind of faith we ought to have to put our faith, our trust in Jesus in the face of death. And so it happens I guess we've talked a lot in the last 18 months about things not being done in person or face-to-face, -face, but being done kind of remotely, remote meetings and Zoom and things like that. Well, Jesus kind of does a remote healing here. He, he, he heals this, this person when he's not, even, he's not even physically with them. It's amazing. And I think that should encourage us, for one thing. It should encourage us that um, as we look to Jesus now, not physically present with him at the moment as Christians. We look to, to him to heal and to help us. The fact that he's in heaven and we're on earth, that's no problem. That's no problem. He's present with us through his Holy Spirit. But yeah, he's not physically 
present. He's not walking into the room where we can see and touch him. And yet, even in the Gospels, he's able to, he doesn't have to be face to face to heal and help us. But what about the widow's son? Jesus uh, goes up to the, the beer. It was like a kind of, he wasn't in a coffin. He was like on a kind of wooden plank type thing that they used and the cloth over it, carrying him seemingly out of the city to, to bury him. Maybe Jesus goes up and sort of touches it just to sort of stop the procession. But he doesn't actually touch the body. In fact, this is common. There's only there's three times when Jesus um, raises the dead in the Gospels that are recorded. And each time he speaks... He speaks to the dead person. And here he says, Young man, I say to you, get up. And the man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gives him back to his mum. And the people watching, they're amazed. They're awestruck. They praise God. This is an amazing thing to happen. And as we read through the Gospels, and if you read through Luke's Gospel, and we've seen some of these things already, we can read about Jesus' power over evil forces, uh, his power over sickness, his power to forgive. We see here Jesus' power over death. We're going to see Jesus' power over nature coming up, I think, in one of the other talks. Jesus is amazing. He has power over everything, over the greatest forces in the world, the things that bring us fear, the things that maybe we don't know what to do about. Maybe you're faced with an impossible situation at the moment. Maybe, maybe you're wondering, you know, has Jesus got the power to help? You're wondering, you know, does Jesus need to be physically present? He's not here. Will he, will he, does he know about this? Can he help? Will he help? Can he turn impossible situations around? Can he bring life out of death, whether it's literal or metaphorical? Can he sort of, you know... Turn a situation completely around. Bring it back to life, if you like. Well, yes, he can. This is, what the, this is what Luke wants to tell us. He says, yes, Jesus can. He has the power over the greatest enemy of death. He has power and authority over everything. And so we can pray. It should affect the way that we pray as Christians. And, and if you're not a Christian, you can pray. You can, you can reach out to God. You can speak to him. We can pray for situations to change, knowing Jesus, care, Jesus cares and Jesus is powerful. But there's something really significant, I think, about this um, ra- Jesus raising this man from the dead. And as I, as I just, just said, it, it might surprise you. It surprised me a few years ago to learn that yeah, there's only three occasions recorded in the Gospels when Jesus raised someone from the dead. Many more healings and other things. But there's only these there's only, there's only two other occasions other than this one where Jesus is recorded doing this. The, uh, the, one of the other ones, it's in the next chapter, Luke 8, Jairus' daughter. The other one, I mentioned it, Lazarus in John chapter 11. And it seems that there might be the reason why perhaps Jesus wasn't raising the dead all the time is there's something very significant and special about these miracles because they point to something bigger. And it's Jesus' promise of life beyond death. Jesus' promise of life beyond death. When Jesus raises his widow's son, the Jewish people watching, um, it sort of links in with, with things that they know about what God has said in the past, in, uh, in, in, in their Bible at the time, in what we call the Old Testament. They say, a great prophet has appeared 
among us. God has come to help his people. It seems that they're saying that because in the Old Testament, there are two occasions when great prophets, Elijah and Elisha, raise people back to life. Incidentally, they don't speak to them and they, they, they do all sorts of other things. They have to throw themselves on the person and it seems a bit more of an effort, but Jesus just speaks and they come back to life. And one of them with Elijah, 1 Kings 17, it's actually a widow's son. So you can see how the Jews knowing about this would think, ah, I can, I can see what's going on. It's, it's like another Elijah coming. This is a great prophet, great prophet like Elijah. They were still confused at the time about who Jesus was. They weren't really clear that he was God's son and that he'd come uh, from God and that he was the Messiah, the, the great promised king. But um, yeah, they thought there's something going on here. There's something special going on here that he's able to do this. He's certainly come with God's power because only God can do this, surely. But it's also in one of these other occasions where it becomes the clearest in John chapter 11 with Lazarus What is the significance of him being able to raise the dead? And it's this promise of life beyond death that is being pictured, that is kind of being demonstrated when Jesus raises someone from the dead. And of course, in a greater way, when Jesus rose from the dead himself. So in John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? We just, just, um, we just have a couple more slides on on the screen. I think got that. Should have that verse there. There you go. Um, yeah, Jesus, when Jesus raises people from the dead, it, it does say who he is. It says that he's the powerful son of God with authority over even death. But it's also this demonstration of what Jesus will do for everyone who puts their trust in him. He will give them life with God that goes on forever, starting now and goes on beyond death, eternal life. Jesus, when Jesus raised this widow's son in, in, in Luke 7, it was just temporary. He was going to die again. We, you can't go over to Israel and find this 2,000-year-old Uh, guy and he'll tell you all about what happened he's he's dead he's not there anymore and same with Lazarus actually and same with Jairus's daughter and same with the people who uh, Elijah and Elisha raised in the Old Testament it was just a kind of temporary postponement of death but when Jesus rose from the dead himself it was different and that's really the, the truest picture of what Jesus will do for everyone who believes and trusts in him he was the first and an only person who, so far who's died and rose again and lives forever. Jesus died. He died to pay the price for the, the wrong that we've done that separates us from God, our sin. And he rose again to life. And he ascended into heaven with an amazing glorified body which will never grow old, never get sick, never die. And he's not the last person for that to happen to. He's the first of many. And Jesus, just in that wonderful verse there on the screen, Jesus promises that if we believe in him, we not just believe that he exists, but believe in him as in trust him and begin life with him at the center, 
receive his forgiveness, then we will live on forever with him, even beyond when we die. When Jesus returns to wrap up this current phase of history, we will receive a a glorious new body, like Jesus' resurrection body. There'll be no more aging. There'll be no more pain and sickness and disease and dying and disability. Jesus uh, raised the dead. He overcame death himself and he lives forever and he promises real hope. If you believe and trust in Jesus, there is real hope for you. I know for some of you, you think dying is a, is a long way off. It'll never happen pretty much. Others of you, I know, I've spoken to you. It's a much more real thing. I was speaking to someone the other day. You said, I think about death a lot. Do, do you want to live forever beyond death? You need to believe and trust in Jesus. He's the only one who's been through death and gloriously, powerfully returned. He offers to do the same for you. He offers you new life as a Christian. I'm sure that one of the, I'm not quite sure exactly when I became a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family and heard the gospel at various stages. But I do remember when I was nine, hearing, getting the first time I clearly remember hearing about Jesus giving life beyond death and, uh, and believing and trusting in him and saying a prayer, a words to those effects. And um, yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing to have that peace, to, to not know that fear of death, to know that whatever happens, whether, whether we, something tragic happens to us this afternoon that we're not expecting or things just gradually wear out and, and, and you know, our life comes to an end in a, perhaps a way we might be expecting. No, there's real hope. Jesus gives real hope, a real promise of life beyond death. If you're already a Christian, you're not a Christian, you can, you can pray to receive that this morning. You can pray in your own words to ask Jesus to forgive you, to receive his forgiveness, his new life, um, and ask that you might begin that new life with him at the center, that new life that actually from now will go on forever and ever. If you're already a Christian, as many of us are here this morning, let these words comfort you. Let, let these words strengthen your faith. Let them take away your fear of death Let them be something that you can use to encourage others when they're struggling and they're thinking about these things. Let them be something that you can, as God gives you the opportunity, share with those who are not Christians but are looking for hope in times of of difficulty and even in the face of death, experiencing pain and sadness. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, glorious future that Jesus has prepared for us through his life his death, his resurrection. These wonderful miracles point to, to what will be true for us in an even more significant way than it was for the people back in that time. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Well, let me, let me pray and then we're going to respond. We've got plenty of time. We're going to respond to these things. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we do thank you. You are amazing. Thank you for your amazing, mighty, glorious resurrection from the dead. Thank you for your amazing power to raise people from the dead while you're on earth. And Lord, we just want to, Lord, we, know, we want to know what it is to know your hope, to, Lord, to know your peace 
as we think about the future, as we think about our own death, we think about the, uh, 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 the end of the life of, of loved ones, maybe things that we fear. Lord, we want to just know your hope and your peace as we trust in you. Thank you that we can trust you. We can trust you not just for tomorrow and next week and a few years ahead. We can trust you forever. We can trust you for everything that's going to happen in the future for us forever. Thank you that we're safe with you. You've got a wonderful plan and purpose for us. I thank you, Lord. Amen.